Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. Alright Julia, what animal are we talking about today? Today we are talking about the sun bear. Alright, so yeah, for our very first episode we decided, or actually it was random, yes. uh, decided we're going to be talking about the sun bear today. So Julia, do you want to start us off with just some easy bit top top of the order facts? Yeah, so sun bear uh, has a couple names that it goes by, including the um, malayan sun bear as well as the honey bear. It is uh, can stand up to five feet tall, almost up to 150 pounds. So it's also known to be about half the size of American black bear. So it's pretty small. I was honestly shocked. I didn't wasn't prepared for how small it was. Yeah. My first thought was I'm like because in looking at and we'll talk kind of talk about like its characteristics and features. It almost looks like a pit bull, like its face because it's like a wide, short snout. Yes. And then it has a really wide, like, face, yep. and it's just, like, a huge circle. Uh, and so one thing, so it's called the sun bear. The reason it is called the sun bear is because uh, this bear, you've probably seen it, has a big, almost looks like a necklace on its chest. Where it's, So it's, it's predominantly black, but then around its neck it has this, it like, gold like it's ring. It's a really thick gold chain around its neck. Yeah, so that's why it's called a sun bear. Um, then the honey bear, I didn't know, I thought all bears were, like, really into honey. I didn't know that the sun bear was like the honey bear. Like yeah, that's what's it's called what the honey bear. It all. It's what yeah. I, I also saw that too because it talks about the uh, the Jungle Book movie a little bit um, and how you know main bear loves mm. the honey and they kind of base it off the sun bears. Yeah. Um, so let's. So the sun bear is found in Southeast Asia, India, China, uh, yeah, Borneo, Sumatra, but yeah, that's predominantly where they're found. Um, and like Julia said, they are. About half the size of a black bear, which I guess makes sense considering the type of food it's going to be eating over there. You know, here in America, we, we have grizzlies, brown bears, black bears. There's a lot more food. There's a lot more prey to be eating. Yes. Which, looking at doing our research on the sun bear, they're almost, they're, called, they're considered omnivores. They're almost completely... Yeah, it's almost completely uh, a fruit diet. Yeah. And nuts and stuff like that. Um, it... I mean, the biggest things they'll eat are some small rodents and birds, but that's almost like mm. last resort kind of thing. They're more, they're mm. mostly just foragers. I, I did, well, they also feed on bugs. I didn't think about that too. Yeah. So Insects. I guess you're considered an omnivore if you still eat bugs. Yeah. But yeah, termites and ants. So they have really big claws, which I would, tiny bears, but then they have like four or five inch claws, yeah. which they use for like tearing apart termite mounds, tearing apart uh, trees to get at the insects and get it what's inside, which was really interesting. And um, being in the Southeast Asian jungle almost, um, its predators, one of the most common, obviously, is a tiger. Yeah. Tiger, one of the great hunters. Of course. And another one that surprised me was it's a reticulated python. And they have proof and they've seen a python swallow a female sun bear whole. 
See, I'm not shocked to hear that, though, based on some, like... I mean, you've seen stuff of, like... Obviously, it's an anaconda. It's a little different. But anaconda, I've seen pythons and boas take down, like, deer and gazelles. Crocodiles, even. So, that, Crocodiles. yeah. So, that's not crazy to me. Um, and especially, as most mammals, the female's smaller. So, like I said, the male grows about 5 feet long, about 150 pounds. Female is definitely always going to be smaller than that. So, I mean, that doesn't shock me, honestly. And no. especially if it, if a snake catch, if the python catches it off guard or catches it, if it's like a sick one or whatever it may be. Then as for reproduction, talking about mama bears and the females. So, apparently very little is known about their social life. That's what I was gathering. There's not a lot of information yeah. known about these we guys. We don't have a lot at all. Uh, one thing I thought was interesting is there's some evidence that points to them being monogamous. So mate for life, which I thought was really interesting. A lot of mammals don't do that. It's no. pretty much just us. Yes. Um, trying to see. I also thought it was interesting that the mother bears are called sows. Because isn't that what you call mother cows? Uh, cows, yeah. So yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. So they tend to give birth to one or two babies. Yeah. It's uh, only a couple at a time. Yeah. And the gestation period, they, we still haven't really nailed down. I noticed as well. Yes. They don't really know how long uh, mother bears are pregnant or mother sun bears are pregnant for, which is crazy. The babies are tiny too. The, when the I babies, this, the babies when they come out, they're the uh, way up or, or around ten to eleven ounces. Oh, they're wow. tiny. Yeah, but I mean, from what I understand with bears, that's a pretty common thing where the babies are pretty much helpless. It seems like it's almost about getting the babies out as quick as possible and then yeah. protect them. I did read they're they're completely blind for a couple of weeks too. I think it was like. Two months until oh, they're really? able to start moving on their own. Yeah, even. yeah. Until then, Mama just sits with them or carries them, which is crazy to me. Uh, usually, and this is true with I feel like most bears, the cubs will stay with the mom until they're fully grown. Yep, until and they're full grown and can go out on their own. Usually, most animals that are hunters type animals, you even see them with big cats. Like moms will stay with the babies until they are good to go. Like they they can, they can live hunt on. Their on own. Yeah. So, I mean, that, is, that doesn't shock me that the sun bears are a similar uh, sort of mentality. Uh, one other interesting thing I saw, it has been observed sometimes where a mother sun bear will be walking on her hind legs carrying a baby in her arms. Oh. Which is obviously fascinating because yeah. like, that's basically what we do or like what apes will do. The fact that a bear might do it, because most of the time you see like if, it, if the bear can't, if the, or if the cub can't move on its own... Mom usually carries it in its mouth. I've even seen, or right on the back, I've yeah. even seen that. But to it carry it in its arms, because they, they don't have hands, they got paws. Yes, they do. So the fact that they do that is a really, really funny sort of trait. So, uh, because they have such large paws and large claws, uh, most of their time is spent in the treetops. Um, they, they make little nests there at night with branches and stuff like that. And they'll come down in the day to forage, but they are excellent climbers. Yeah, if they've actually been f- observed making like platforms. Yeah. So like actually think almost like treehouse sort of like you set up with branches and leaves, you make a nice little sleeping flat platform. Instead of just sleeping on a branch, you're actually making almost like a bed on a branch, which is super fascinating. And I think it lends to like how intelligent they really are where they can oh, do that. They talked about this is one of the most intelligent bear species actually. Um, and they've said that their senses are the most heightened of some of the bear species and they use them to their advantage almost I wonder if that's an adaptation to their size where they have to make up for being yeah, so tiny especially when you live in the same place as a tiger a tiger <laughs> you got to make up for it in some ways but that's really interesting uh I actually was reading that uh, they'll 
go through the forest at night as well, which people consider really funny and ironic considering they're sun bears. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But they do do some foraging and whatnot at night as well, which is really funny and fascinating. So being the sun bear, they have a close relative that's pretty similar to them. And it's called, it's the Asian black bear and they call it the moon bear because it has the same kind of collar around its neck, except instead of being really golden, it's like a bright white color. And so people mistake the two a lot, especially uh, in Southeast Asia. And the Asian black, black bear is bigger. It is de- there. You yes. can definitely tell a difference between a sun bear and an Asian black bear. Asian black bears are also like a little more poofy, a little yeah. more fluffy. Whereas like we didn't really get into it when we were talking about how it looked, but the sun bear, its coat is like really sleek. Like the way I, when I first looked at it, what it looked like to me was that's what almost made me think of the pitbull thing again. Yeah. Because the coat, it's like a really, they're short hair. They have, they have like a dent, it's dense, so it like to protect from like uh, twigs, branches. Um, ra- uh, it's like water repellent when yeah. it rains because it's a tropical area. But it, yeah, it's a very thin, sleek look, which is a very different look con- con- uh, compared to other bears. The only one I can think of, maybe a polar bear, is a little more sleek. Yeah. It's not as fluffy. Yeah. Uh, when you, because uh, you know, you think bear, you think like, Grizzly bear, black bear, you know, they're big, fluffy bears. This one, no, it is a very small, sleek, slender bear. Yeah, and that also plays to it. It's people call it human like because it's so slender, and that's because it's in the it's in a such a tropical climate, it doesn't need all the extra padding. And so it's again just that adaptation of just being smaller, more sleek, um, just to help it. I don't know why that never even occurred to me. It doesn't need to put on extra weight it because it doesn't hibernate. Yeah, that's why it's so. It looks never like even. I don't know why. Out of reading, it looks doing like all it the has stuff. Human arms with paws. That's literally what it looks. like. I was wondering, I, and it's funny because I was when looking at pictures, I was wondering. I was like, wow, they look almost like sickly. Yeah, they do. Because they I'm do. used to, you know, because living in America, you see brown bears, black bears, grizzly bears, and they're chunky. They okay. they, they are chunky. They got a belly for sure. <laughs> So seeing this, it looked it was just different. It was weird, but that I never even thought about that. It didn't even occur to me, which is hilarious. I guess this is kind of a sad segue, but talking about them looking human-like, I guess it's we. Get, this is a good segue into talking about the numbers in the wild, and from what I've gathered, they can't nail down exactly, but apparently it's a doesn't look good situation. Yeah. So some societies have put them vulnerable to extinction. And like we said, there's not a lot that's known about them. We can't give an exact number or estimate, but it's below 1,000 is what they can guess right now. And it's really just because deforestation is one of the prime things. Um, And then the other one is um, they're hunted. And I realized that they're hunted mainly for their gallbladder because it's a traditional medicine that's used in that area. I I mean, that's the kind of stuff we see, though, because that was one of the big things, like why rhinos were hunted yeah. so much, was because a lot of there and it was, I believe, it was Asian cultures believed that like the rhino horn when you ground it up into dust, like it like did stuff for you. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't surprise me. And then apparently, they, I mean, they're most animals used for their body parts. So people kill a bear, they want to skin it, they want to stuff it, do whatever they may want with it, eat it, even. Um, but I also saw a lot of farmers in Asia will kill them on site. Because the bears will destroy crops. Oh, like, yeah. Like stuff like oil palm, coconuts, bananas. The Because bear, the bear's like, oh, yum, food. Yeah. And I, like, I didn't even think about that either. Which is tough. I mean, the, the bear's just trying to eat. He's just yeah. trying to eat. Um, then the other thing that I thought was really sad, because they're smaller, you know, they're quote unquote cuter. Yeah. 
So a lot of people will, if they find a mom and a cub or two cubs, they'll usually kill the mom. So they're like, oh, cool. Got some new pets. Yeah. Got to take these cubs home, which is absolutely tragic. You should never do that to a wild animal. And this is 100% a wild animal. You cannot des- domesticate a bear. They're, they they <laughs> talked about stories where they would get them as cubs and then they'd grow up. And there's a lot of some bears being aggressive towards humans because they'll kill or attack the people that took them in as a pet. Um, and I saw a lot of stories about that. But they are extremely aggressive animals. Extremely territorial. Um, well, it's, I mean, we, we didn't touch on it, but they are, like most bears, they are extremely solitary. Yes. Males and females only really interact to mate. Um, the only time you'll see a group of them is when it's a mom and her cubs. So, they, I mean, that's I feel like that's most bears. But, yeah, they are a very solitary creature. And then one of the last things we want to touch on, just because it's a little more fun, a little more lighter, is describing, and I will even, I'll link the kind of sounds they make. Because they, from what I've seen, they got a wide vocal array. They do a lot of different noises. Um, One of my favorites, I saw a video of bears at the Oakland Zoo barking at each other. (laughs) Barking at each other? It doesn't, that's what the sound is called. It doesn't sound like a a dog dog bark. It's a lot deeper. It's a lot more aggressive. But it's a really interesting, just like a quick, just, I don't even want to do it. I don't want to embarrass myself. (laughs) But yeah, that sort of bark. And then I don't know if there was more that you have seen. Yeah. It was said that adults um, in communication, like healthy communication within each other, um, will make clucking sounds like chickens at each other. I just see and that. I listened and I listened to a video of it, and it literally just sounds like a really big chicken talking to each other. Um, and it's also, they use facial movements for communication. Um, humans do that all the time. We use facial mm. expressions to talk to each other. And it's the same for the sun bears. They show emotions really well on their face. And it's similar. I, I saw one, and this is similar to most bears. This is similar to most animals in general. Presenting themselves to make themselves look larger. And also, because sun bears are so tiny, one thing they do a lot is they'll stand up on their hind legs a lot to get better views and looks. Yeah. <laughs> because they're so low to the ground. They're five feet long, but they're probably only, what, like two, three feet off yeah, the ground? Yeah, to their shoulder. Well, yeah, to their shoulder. It's only like two, three feet. So they are not big. No. So they stand up a lot. To get good looks, but also that's the default thing. You know, make yourself look bigger. Got to look tough, mm-hmm. you know, but you're only five feet tall. So there's only so much that can do. So to end on a nice little lighthearted note, it is uh, good to know that the sun bear is being protected by anti-poaching laws. Um, and that's been recently um, in effect. And they are also making attempts to stop deforestation in that area. Not only just for the sun bear, but because there's a lot of other animals in that area that are becoming endangered and close to extinction extinction because of all of this. Actually, my favorite animal is, is one of those, the orangutan. That's, oh, my, yeah. that's my favorite animal. But no, that's, they're the same kind of area, and that's the big thing is deforestation because I believe the big thing is, um, what is it, the palm oil. Yes. It's because it's being harvested just so much, and this palm oil is in these forests, and they just destroy the forest to get this palm oil. So, like, these bears are... They have nowhere to live, and then when they get pushed somewhere else, humans kill them, or they don't have food, and they die. It's, But we're working on it. We're, it's one of those where I'm glad we as humans are recognizing the damage we're doing, but it's that question of, is it too far gone? Is there anything we can do? Um, because, I mean, we saw, we've been trying to protect stuff like rhinos for how long, and what was it, the last black rhino died like a couple, couple years, years ago? ago yeah. Or last male black rhino. Mm-hmm. We've been trying for years to protect them, yeah. but, you know, 
we're doing our best. We can do what we can. Uh, I would love to find if anybody ever listening has good recommendations for, uh, I guess, charities or organizations that do a lot to help. I would love to find those. I would love to spread the word. I would love to do what I can to help because, I mean, that's one of the things that's one of the things we have to do as humans is help take care of the earth and everything on it. And a lot of people aren't doing a very good job. So it's trying to just do what we can as individuals help in any way we can. And I think that's really all we have on the sun bear. Uh, they're super fascinating creatures. It was really fun to research them. I never really thought about sun bears. It was one of those where I've seen sun bears. I've seen pictures. I've seen videos. Knew nothing, nothing. about them. I didn't even know where they lived. No. You could, I, if you told me to guess, I probably would have said like, oh, they're in like Europe or something. <laughs> I had no idea. So it's super fascinating. I hope everyone enjoys uh, this talk. Like I said, this is our first episode. We want to keep doing this. Uh, honestly, we're going to keep just plowing ahead no matter the feedback, honestly. But if you hear this and you ever have recommendations or corrections, like please reach out to us. Uh, we have a Twitter. Uh, I can link it well, wherever I post this or I can make it very publicly known. As of right now, we're thinking maybe doing one episode a week. Just a quick little blurb about some fun animal. Uh, learn a little bit more. We're trying to find animals that we may not necessarily know a lot about. Uh, just so we're learning as well. But um, you might have animals that we may know a lot about, but somebody somewhere in the world doesn't. There's a lot of animals all over the place. Yep. Uh, I'm sure there's a lot of animals in America, where we're from, where somebody would be like, that thing exists, and we've just been living with it every day. We didn't think it was anything special. Yep. So hopefully we can educate, we can uh, expand everyone's minds, or even just encourage people to go look on their own, go find fun animals. Do you have anything else to add, Julia? No, I think that about covers it. Um, but definitely look into sun bears if you have a chance. They're pretty cool. There's some fun pictures and videos about them. So take a look at them. Thanks, everyone. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We greatly appreciate it. Be sure to follow us on Twitter to stay up to date about anything that we have going on. Our Twitter is CTTC Podcast. And be sure to tune into our next episode where we talk about the thresher shark. We'll see you then. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.